This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Good Saturday afternoon and welcome to Right at Home with Rich, your ultimate destination for all things home improvement. I'm your host, Rich Orris, and today we've got a show that's sure to make your home rock solid. We have a very special guest joining us, an expert in the world of concrete, none other than the maestro of concrete craftsmanship himself, Larry O'Harver from B&W Concrete. And you know, we can talk about all things concrete. We do want to focus a little bit on co- concrete maintenance for you guys. Yeah, folks, I said concrete maintenance. There is things to do down the road. So get a pencil and some paper to take some notes because this is going to be loaded with information today. Plus, don't forget, I'll have my On the Road with Rich segment and my hack. You don't want to miss out on both of those. But for now, Larry, you know, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. No, awesome, awesome. And I love getting our story out and, and what we do out because, you know, you guys have been not just putting in concrete for us, but really transforming homes into longevity masterpieces of exceptional concrete work. So I, I want to really get this story out and and looking forward to some insightful tips and tricks and everything that I know you've got up your sleeve. Um, so this is, this is going to be awesome, but, and I know all the listeners are probably eager to hear a lot about everything we're going to have. Um, but I wanted to kind of start out, um, just with a brief introduction of yourself, your journey to the concrete world and to B&W Concrete. Well, I started concrete right out of high school Worked in the commercial world for a long time, worked my way up to superintendent, got tired of the commercial world and decided I would jump into residential. In commercial work, everything was kind of over-designed. It would tear itself apart. When I got into residential, I realized how under-designed everything was. Yeah. So I kind of married the two worlds and came up with a product that holds up well and is still cost-effective. So I went off on my own, and then in 2000, late 2010, I'd done a lot of work with B&W Foundations. We decided yeah. we would start a flat work division. So we've been at that ever since. The foundation side, this is their 50th year in business, so they start in 73, and we're starting our 13th year in the flat work. Nice, nice. And, you know, 
I totally get that coming from kind of the, the same type of thing, but, but, you know, different type of work, um, having to try and wear all those hats and do everything. It, it's so nice to, you know, come in where you have support and you've got other people to, to wear some of those hats and you can really focus on what it is your goal is and what you got to do and, and your primary part of how you're trying to help everybody. You know, it's kind of a great thing to do. And let me ask you this too, because, you know, starting off so young, like, like I was kind of the same way, you know, I, I tried college for about a semester and was like, yeah, you know, I could, I can work with my hands, you know, not so great at psychology or, you know, things like that. So, you know, started in basically six months, you know, after, uh, after high school and stuff. But, you know, as I kind of was in it and grew and did more, but was still young, one of the biggest problems I saw out there was, um, just kind of getting stepped over as like the person that knows enough and should be in charge because of age, because of, you know, and, and I would have a, a owner of a company says, Oh, you know, I got this new foreman, you know, he's, I, he, I think he's going to do, it seems like he'll do really well. Um, but can you just kind of keep your eye on him, Rich? And I'm like, doesn't that make me the foreman? Like what? Right. <laughs> you know, like, um, do you ever experience anything like that? Yeah. I remember, you know, I started, became a lead man pretty quick and a foreman pretty quick. And because of my youth, you know, some of the older guys, yeah, you know, would kind of question me or try to run me over. Uh, but I was blessed with good leadership skills, I feel. And I thought it would be nice to, you know, start getting a little age on me. I wish I had my youth back, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, looking at B&W now that you got in there and everything and, and the flat work, what different kinds of, you know, concrete flat work, stuff like that. Do you guys specialize in anything you walk on or drive on, um, foundation division puts in a very good foundation, but my division flat work, we do basement floors, garage floors, driveways, sidewalks, porches. We do a lot of tear out and replace. Yeah, it's amazing how many new homes need their concrete torn out and replaced because it wasn't installed properly the first time. Oh, absolutely! Believe me, um, I've been out in O'Fallon, Missouri, since about two thousand, two thousand one, and I've just watched the concrete out there shift, slide. Well, you've been to my my newest house where, you know, the the roads sliding over and bashing into my sidewalk and. All this stuff, I mean, all the concrete out there is like, how can something so young need so much work and repair? Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, we put, a, we put a slip joint in your sidewalk so the street can <clears throat> yeah. keep uh, moving towards keep it. Creeping and, around, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I appreciate that. That was a great idea, and I haven't had an issue with it since. Well, I wouldn't want to talk about if it didn't turn out <laughs> good on the radio, you know. Well, we did talk. Did we talk on the radio about the only issue I had with that concrete step? No, and we're not gonna. When I hit it with my lawnmower <laughs> oh, yeah. tire and my and I just like knocked the corner right off this. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, <laughs> I think we patched that, didn't we? No, I still I've, owe you that. Yeah, okay. I've never. It's you know, concrete. Concrete's concrete. It, it functions. We can step on it. It's about two inches, you know. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm not real super worried about it. Um, my wife kind of kept the peace for quite a while. Like, 
maybe we could glue it back on. I'm like, mm, it's really not that important. I'll probably just hit it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, my fault, absolutely. And, and, you know, fun for that, I guess, trying to do such a small lawn on a riding lawnmower. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, definitely part of that that problem, not the solution. But But talking about, you know, all those different types of concrete and flat work and, and driveways and all that, you know, let's get into uh, a little bit about the maintenance. I know we want to try and, you know, focus on, you know, a lot of that maintenance and, and what we should be doing, you know, to the concrete um, and, and just other things maybe everybody needs to know about that. And maybe let's start with like the, the controlling of it, the expansion and control joints and that sort of thing, you know, can you just explain that? Like, why are they there? And, and is there anything we need to do to maintain them? The, do you mind if we back up a little bit? Because you sure. ask what kind of concrete that we install. There's also different finishes. Oh, yeah. And I'd kind of like to talk about that before we talk about the maintenance. You know, basement floors and garage floors, obviously slick trial. Yeah. You, know, you can color it. You can do whatever. But it's a slick trial finish. It's a good hard finish. And then as far as your driveways and patios and things, um, there's a mag swirl finish. I personally don't like mag swirl because when it's first installed, it looks good. Yeah. But you can't hardly walk on it. It's so rough. And then it really collects dirt and grass clippings. But it's the least durable finish you can get because it's just pure cement. The glue that holds the aggregate together is pulled to the surface, wears down very rapidly. When I'm forced to do it, I let people know, um, you know, you have mag swirl now. In five years, you're going to have exposed aggregate, you know? Yeah. And then we do a lot of light brush. It's your most, uh, it's a durable, the least expensive finish that we do. And then a step up from that is exposed aggregate. That's where the decorative aggregates are shown. We wash the cement paste off. And yeah. that's, that's always what gives people trouble on exterior concrete. You know, the the surface wears down. Yeah. Well, this makes the aggregate the wear surface. Uh, it's the and, most, and that's like my favorite finish. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. it. Uh, I'm the complaint department, too. Yeah. So I always push for the exposed. <laughs> yeah. And then there's stamp finish, which is your most expensive finish. But it has the same characteristics on the negative side as a light brush because the cement is your wear surface. So in time, it's going to show its age. We do uh, a lot of stamped driveways, but I try to talk people out of them. A driveway takes a beating. Yeah. Uh, you pull on it with your tires 140 degrees, leave black marks on your beautiful stamped driveway. You know, it's a work of art. People's yeah. upset. Yeah, yeah. And then people say they don't salt their driveway. No, but they've been driving out on the roads with all kinds of chemicals dripping off their cars, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but regardless of your finish, it's important to maintain it. Yeah. So backing up to the control joints, they're very important. A lot of guys, they just don't put enough control joints in it. So it's going to crack wherever it wants to. So there's formulas we use, and we're pretty successful with controlling the cracks, but concrete cracks. And if we do get a crack outside of our control joint, it's just an aesthetic issue. It's not going anywhere. It's held together with steel. Expansion joints are very important. However, sometimes there's too many expansion joints used. All you're doing is yeah. inviting water under the slab. It's another maintenance issue, keeping up with your caulk. So when we do a driveway, I will always uh, put one-inch expansion at the street. 
on the back side of the approach, half inch, and then I'll use half inch where it meets a private walk, or every time the private walk will crack the driveway. And then if we're, it's like a motor court, you know, the concrete has to be able to breathe two directions. So I always make yeah. sure I achieve that with expansion joints. Um, as far as the caulking, it is, I use rubber expansion and a lot of people don't caulk it, but it's a good idea to caulk the concrete to keep the water yeah. from getting underneath of it. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, you know, um, something I see all the time um, <clears throat> and try and advise on, you know, where, what, when, you know, should you caulk it? Is it the time now? Um, those rubber ones work pretty well, you know, keeping stuff out. And, and it's, you know, I just kind of tell people a lot of times, you just got to kind of watch it. And, you know, as soon as that gap starts opening up and you can move that thing around, then maybe it's time to, you know, seal it up to keep that water rolling off the top. Um, you know, for sure, but definitely an important thing, uh, to maintain and, um, not necessarily inexpensive. Um, when I, when I did my last driveway, oh man, my wife was like, what did you just spend $300 on? You know? And I'm like, to keep water out from underneath our concrete. Um, cause, cause that caulks, you know, it's good caulk. It's expensive. You want to get it in well, but, um, I think that maintenance stuff is, you know, so, so important to do, um, you know, and just to keep up and, uh, and all of that. So, so when concrete does crack outside of the expansion joint, um, real quickly, like what, is there anything somebody should do about that? My opinion is no, a hairline cracks, a hairline crack. Everybody worries about moisture getting in there and making it bigger, making it break more. And I always use the analogy of, those of us that are old enough to remember the ice trays before there was ice makers in every refrigerator. Yeah. That was made out of plastic or some thin metal. They never broke because the water could expand up the top. Yeah. It's the same deal in a crack. If you uh, caulk that, it's just more of an aesthetic issue. You know, it sticks out like a sore thumb. So in most cases, I say no, you know, just it's going to be fine. Uh, I think the most important thing people can do to their concrete is make sure they keep up with the ceiling. Most people don't maintain their concrete. They just complain when they have problems. Yeah. <laughs> so with the, like the slick trial finish, we use a product called Trinic on that. Uh, holds up very well. On the light brush, I like to use a penetrating sealer because a service sealer enhances your color variances. Yeah, yeah. You do not want to do that on light brush. You want to minimize it. So the penetrating sealer doesn't change the appearance or the texture. It's not slippery. And I always tell people they're good for five years. But when I go do a water test, I see it perform seven years a lot. And then on the exposed aggregate, I like to use a product called Pebble Sheen. Holds up very well with exposed, enhances those aggregates. It is a surface sealer, so it's going to need to be resealed over two to three years, especially on a site entry garage. And then stamped concrete, we also use that sealer like we use on basement floors or garage floors called Trinic. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and definitely something we're talking about and promoting all the time. Um, my hack's going to kind of be about that. My on-the-road uh, story with you is going to be about that. I'll jump into both those in the next segment. Real quick, um, how can people get a hold of B&W Concrete? The best way that they can... Uh, Get us on our, our website, bwconcrete.com. 
But the best way is call me on my cell. Okay. 314-584-0324. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So anything you need concrete wise, I mean, Larry and B&W Concrete is, is our company we do everything with. So we're going to jump into our first break and we'll be right back with my hack after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, guys, you heard the man. Time for Rich's Hack. And, you know, Larry, you were just kind of talking about this, but I thought today I I would go over, you know, how to figure out if you need to seal your concrete. Because a common question I always get is, you know, how often should I seal my concrete? And I really think when I hear that, you know, the better question to ask is, you know, does my concrete need to be sealed? Uh, then you got to kind of step back and ask yourself, well, you know, how can I tell if it needs to be sealed? And like you'd mentioned, you know, it's as simple as a water test. Um, so if you if you just get a cup, pour a little bit of, of water, maybe test two or three spots, but, you know, just watch what it does because sealed concrete will repel water. If it stays on top, if it beads up and wants to run, run off, it's sealed and it's probably holding up well. You know, if it starts to just kind of spread out and soak into that concrete and you can just tell it kind of goes away in in seconds or, you know, even less than a minute, you're probably good to seal your concrete. Um, So like you were mentioning, Larry, you know, you've seen it the last seven years. Well, it doesn't always, you know, necessarily need that. Now, I have seen um, some some of the pros and some of like concrete coating companies and that. They, they use a, a cleaner called Super Blue um, Concrete Cleaner. And, and basically, they do the same test. And if it foams up, you know, then there's no sealer. And if it doesn't and it stays like a liquid, then it's sealed really well. And they know that that's there. So, but, you know, common people don't have chemicals like that that, that they get, you know. Um, so So that's a good way for the pros to get through that. And Larry, I wanted to also get into um, my on-the-road story because what we made me kind of think about this was a client we looked at together. I, I kind of brought you in 
you know, he had just some maintenance stuff, wanted some shutters fixed and, and some little bit of painting here and there and different things. And it was a good repeat client of mine. He said, I also think we should seal my, my patio in the back of the house, you know, and it was, um, I don't, I think it was, I think it was exposed aggregate with like a stamped border or something. And so I was like, well, yeah, let me come by and look at this stuff, but I'm going to bring Larry and he can check out the concrete and everything. And, you know, we're always talking about be a good advisor, things like that. And I was just so surprised when you showed up and said, no, nah, I think you're good. I don't think you're ready. Mm-hmm. You know, we should wait a year, two years. Let's just look at it, you know, every, once a year and, and maybe in a year or two we'll need it. And I'm like, you know, I, I know what exists out there is, is called the order takers. Someone says, I think my, my patio in the back needs sealed. And the guy with, you know, that's going to make money with a bucket of sealer and a roller goes, yeah, we could seal that. It's going to be this much, you know, and, and they just keep stacking those coatings on and all of that. So I was definitely thankful and impressed that you were, you know, looking at everything more as what's good for the client, being an advisor, you know, do the right thing. Um, and, and basically, we don't need to do that right now. Um, so I guess my question to you on, on that, especially when you're looking at that surface sealer, like you were talking about, you know, it enhances, it puts the sheen, all of that. Is there disadvantages to sealing that too often? A uh, huge disadvantage. Uh, <clears throat> successful seal job is to keep the moisture out. But the fact of the matter is concrete's a big old heavy, thirsty sponge that needs a certain amount of water. And so if you keep it out at the top, it's going to suck it up from the subgrade. And what it doesn't need has to escape through the surface in the form of vapor. Yeah. So a successful seal job, regardless of the sealer you're using, you're putting a screen over your concrete, for example. Yeah. And the mesh is so tight that a molecule of water cannot penetrate it, but a molecule of vapor can come up through it. And, you know, so many times homeowners or these guys just trying to take advantage of homeowners, they'll come and seal it every year. Well, you yeah. get such a buildup that the, can- the concrete cannot breathe. So it actually delaminates. That water vapor delaminates it from the surface. You get that whiteout effect. Yeah, the white milky. Yeah. Yes. And um, a lot of people think when it quits shining, it quits performing. The UV rays will dull it down. Yeah. But uh, a bad seal job's worse than no seal job. The whole reason you seal concrete isn't so much to keep the moisture out, is to keep the contaminants out. Fertilizer and ice melts eat concrete up. Yeah. And they usually are driven in there with the water. So you keep them out. But a bad seal job or a seal job that's delaminated, you're letting these contaminants in, but enough clean water can't come to dilute it. So it will actually fail faster. So it's important to not only use a good product, but also the correct installation, the right prep work, the right amount of sealer applied. Yeah, no, definitely so, so important. Um, And like you were mentioning earlier, the different types of sealers, you know, on the different types of concrete, how's that penetrating one work? When they first came out with them, Siloxane sealers, it was so labor intense to get that worked into the concrete that I wasn't comfortable doing it just because, you know, if a guy's not giving it his all, there's going to be holes in the armor. Yeah. 
Well, they reformulated that stuff and engineered it, and it actually migrates into the slab so fast that on a really big driveway, you have to have a reference point where you ran out of sealer because it's going to be soaked in by the time you get back with another can of sealer. Yeah, you know, and I did did see a client um, quite a few years ago. Um, that had a sealing issue with this concrete and I'm like okay so you know his you know sealer's bad on his driveway or whatever so I went out there and I'm as I'm walking down to the house you know I'm I'm looking at the driveway and I'm like I don't see anything wrong with this driveway I mean it looked fine looked perfect I'm kind of looking around and and as I'm coming down the, the garage door, you know, opens up and the guy comes out of the garage and, and we kind of introduce and I'm like, so, you know, there's a ceiling issue. Have you noticed something happening? I'm like, cause I don't physically see anything. And he goes, and he had a five gallon bucket sitting there full of water, ready to go. And he, he goes, watch this. And he throws this bucket of water on the, on the driveway, just outside his garage and the whole slab got wet and it looked like, I think they dropped the bucket. It looked like a splatter, like the sealer. You could suddenly see it, and it looked like it just splattered and flew everywhere. <laughs> and it, lo- it really, really looked horrible wet. Mm-hmm. Couldn't even see it dry. Um, now, the ultimate end of that conversation was, how often is it wet and does it really bother you? Cause this is not going to be easy to change. You know, I kind of went to the, hmm, you might just let it wear, you know, and, and cause using the strippers and stuff like that. I mean, how difficult is it to get something like that out of there? It, I don't strip concrete. Um, I always try to pay attention to how jobs perform and I learned the hard way. Uh, stripping concrete is not only messy and, very expensive with all the labor you have in it. Yeah. You're not going to get a successful seal job after it. It leaves this like oily residue and it's, you're just constantly dealing with, with sealer failure. So, you know, I looked at a patio here, a big patio about, you know, about a month ago and it was terrible. You know, the guy hired somebody, didn't know what they was doing. It was on there way too thick. And he's like, what can I do with that? And I'm like, live with it for three years and then call me back. Yeah. You know, just let it wear down. The We was talking about sealers. So many contractors, you know, I, I think their heart's in the right spot, but they offer their customers a cure and seal product. The day they pour, they spray it on there. Yeah. Now, that's nice for keeping the dirt off of it. It cleans up nicely. But the only thing that that is going to guarantee you is you will never have a, a successful seal job because it's going to wear down in places. The good sealer is going to take there. The places that don't wear down, it's you yeah. know the good sealer can't perform. So in our light brushed, I always come back 28 days later after the concrete's totally cured, and I clean it, dry it, and seal it. Our exposed aggregate and stamp work, we can do that in 14 days. Wow. So yeah, does that cure and seal change the curing process? Does it slow it down or? That's what it was designed for. It creates a membrane so the concrete mm-hmm. doesn't hydrate too quick. Yeah. But once again, you know, a lot of guys are putting it on too thick and, you know, the concrete just can't really hydrate properly. 
Yeah, yeah. And so definitely brings up an interesting question and, and thought that, that I had because we always talk about, um, you know, when's the best time to pour concrete? And, you know, people ask, you know, can you do it when it's cold or, you know, all this stuff? But, you know, with the heat that we've been having lately, you know, the question I would ask is, can you can you install concrete in severe heat? You know, once it's over like 100 degrees out or something like that, is there anything you do differently or, you know, what's the thought process on that? Well, if you Google that, the answer would be we can work about four days a year. That's perfect yeah, yeah. weather. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, lots of work. You want to give your customers a good product. So I know quite a bit about mixed designs. So we put different additives in when it's really hot. Yeah. Years ago, the only thing that we would have would be ice to cool the concrete down in the truck. And then a product that was called a retarder. And you could get in so much trouble with that retarder. I remember we was on a big garage floor one day. It was huge. And I'm going real slow because it's a little bit too wet to be out there. And next thing I knew, we was in trouble. You know, you have that snapback effect. It went from too wet to being done. You know, we saved it, but it was a marathon. They have a product now called uh, Hydration Stabilizer. Okay. And it basically puts the concrete to sleep. So if I put one ounce in it, it gives me about 45 minutes. And then it's just like the concrete just got batched right then, you know? Yeah. So the other day when it was 100-something degrees out, uh, one thing that happens, your guys are pretty cranky. They let you know it's hot outside. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you don't want to do it in the direct sunlight. You had to be smart about it. This was a basement. So it was a big basement, so we broke it up into two pours. Ordinarily, we would have poured it in one, you know. Yeah. But I ran three ounces of hydration stabilizer, which gave me about an hour and 45 minutes, you know. And thing turned out really good. It's going to perform well. We did a 600-square-foot garage apron during this heat. No issues whatsoever. So it's a matter of some common sense, you know, uh, wet your base rock down so the dry limestone rock don't suck the moisture out of your concrete. During the heat, I would run fiber mesh. Uh, a lot of guys think they're reinforcing the concrete with fiber mesh. Yeah, well, hey, let's hold that thought for just a minute because we got to get into our break, but I love the conversation about the fiber mesh because we used to use it a lot and we don't as much anymore. And, you know, there probably is really good times you should or should not use it. So we'll get into that right after we get back. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right, guys, we are back. Final segment of one of my favorite times talking about concrete, concrete maintenance. What do you got to do to it? How do you keep up with it? We have Larry O'Harver with B&W Concrete with us. And um, so we started, Larry, to get into that, you know, um, fiber mesh in that concrete. We, you know, we used to do it. I remember years back where it was like, it was like a, a feature. Oh, we're going to do this and your concrete's going to be so great. And it's like a part of our mix. And 
So now it's kind of like when you need it, things like that. So just kind of continue. When is the best time for that? And why you, you know, why do you use that when it's hot out and, and all of that? Well, a lot of people still believe they can replace steel with fiberglass. And in concrete, you cannot do that. Ready-mix suppliers push it, no offense suppliers, but they make yeah. money off of it. Flat workers tend to promote it because they have no labor in it. You know, it shows up in the truck. It's placed with the concrete. Yeah. The only thing that fiber mesh will protect against is plastic shrinkage cracking in the first 24 hours. And plastic shrinkage cracking is caused when your surface water is being evaporated faster than it can be replaced. So the concrete shrinking too rapidly and you get those... Uh, cosmetic cracks. It don't look good. Uh, it doesn't hurt anything, but it doesn't look good. It's not what we want. So in hot weather or a low humidity day or a windy day, even if it's not in my bid, I'm going to pour with fiber mesh because I'd rather spend the extra, you know, 15 cents well, yeah. a square foot than have a dissatisfied customer. Yeah. But everything that we pour exterior has steel reinforcement in it. At least six, six, ten, ten wire mesh with dowels. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely um, love love that. And you know, we were, we were another little quick story. We we're kind of talking during the break about um, how you know concrete guys a lot of time will, will look like just kind of stand around, lazy, not doing much until the minute that truck shows up. You know, and I remember a driveway we were doing. You guys were doing for us years ago, and. Um, you know, the fact that you always put that steel in it and everything. And my, my client called me and said, I, I, I left and, and they were getting through that pour and everything. And she says, I don't think they put steel in it. She said, I did. I, I was around and we did that. And I just don't think they did it. And, and I kind of called you and you were like, uh, no, we did it. You know, we, if we're saying we're doing it, we're always doing it. And then we finally remembered well, they got cameras all around their house. I'm like, hey, check your cameras. And and then she called back and said, wow, did they get that steel in there fast? Like, <laughs> they wired the stuff up. And she said, no, we're good. It's everywhere. You know, like, we, they wired it together. They did all this stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah. So, like, literally, then the truck shows up, and they're the hardest working people you probably ever met in your life. Um, you know, getting that done, because you are on, like, a crunch when it's there. You it, it, it's time to go you know you dump yeah. it out and you got to get it on the ground and get it finished in that window of time it gives you before it's in its solid state yeah yeah when when my wood pile shows up for the for the floor joists and the wall studs and stuff it can just kind of it can go away in 10 minutes it can go away in 10 days as we use it it kind of just happens you know we get to like control our pace and do what we want and all that fun stuff. But yeah, you guys are really kind of up against it with the elements and, and everything else. So yeah, if it rains on a carpentry job, you put your tools away and go yeah, to yeah. the truck. Yeah. Once the concrete hits the ground, you're committed. Yeah. I, I remember some of the, those foremen that, um, you know, the, the ones that didn't want to work, you know, they would literally like, they draw about a three foot circle on a subfloor. And if three drops of rain landed inside of it they just all right pack it in yeah time to go home you guys just don't have that luxury all nope. the time <laughs> yeah fun fun but so let's look at um you know any other ways so reinforcing concrete you know what's what's some some other things you might do and, and 
So how does that steel also affect like the cost of performing work? Well, everything has went up a lot. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. Our steel prices more than went up 60%. They are coming down a little bit. Uh, concrete prices, you know, used to we would get a price increase April 1st every year. And then winter service would start November 1st. We had five increases last year. You know, it's just, Gosh, it's yeah. crazy. But That is crazy. You know, you never save enough money to do a job twice. So, you know, when we install a job, we prepare the base, we compact the base. You know, the base is very important. Yeah. Pour a good mix of concrete and have the proper reinforcing in it, uh, the proper control joints and expansion joints. Then a complete job is when it's sealed, you know? Yeah. And the people's good. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking about all those increases and it's across, you know, so many other different, you know, materials and and labor, you know, going up and and renegotiating contracts and trying to keep good people. Um, But, you know, I often, you know, have so many people talk about maybe waiting. They're like, well, maybe I'll wait for the materials to come back down. And I'm always trying to, you know, explain to them, like, the, the hard part with that is, they raised the price 15% three times so that the following year when things kind of start to drop off a little bit, they can lower it back down 15%. But really, it went up so much more than 30 because it compounds. So when they went from 15 to 30, they actually it's 15 on top of the other 15 and went up, and then they do it again. So when they bring it back down, it really only comes back down about 8%. Yep. And it's like, so that's, you know, so then if, the cost of construction naturally goes up with labor and things, you know, on average about 6% a year. It's like, well, you'd be lucky if it actually went down if you got 2%. And, and probably labor will take you right back up or over anyways, even if costs started coming down. So, you know, it's always good to just go. Just get it done if you need it, you know, and, and just don't wait it out, that well, sort of thing. Well, the other problem with waiting... If someone calls a contractor, concrete contractor for sure, and they can get to them next week, run as fast as you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, as far as new work goes, I don't think I can get any new work, new bids put in place this year because I have commitments. <laughs> yeah, uh, most because you know I have to be there. But you know we are we're really backlogged now as far as cleaning and maintenance. I have a guy, that's all he does. So, you know, yeah. we, we can knock them jobs out pretty quick. But, you know, uh, thankfully, we have a good reputation. And, you know, I've had customers that's been waiting six months. Yeah. You know, but there's only so many good people to go around. We're always looking for good people, good craftsmen. It's just really hard to build a team these days. It just seems like the workforce yeah. isn't what it used to be. Yeah, no, it's definitely... Um that labor shortage thing is, you know, so real. Um, Even for me, when I first started hearing about it, I'm thinking, "Eh, how short are we really going to be? You know, like, is it really? But then when, when I started reading stuff and seeing the actual numbers and, and statistics of, you know, um, like the electrical union, you know, hiring 2,000 people a month into their apprenticeship program sounds like a ton of people. And then you, you the, the next the next part of the article is, but the downside is 
there's 3,000 people a month retiring from the electrical union. So now you're not only are you down a thousand people a month, 12,000 people in a year across the country, the other, the other 24,000 are new. Yeah. They don't really know anything yet. And the people that teach them just retired, you know? So it, yeah, it's definitely, definitely hard. Um, so what I would kind of look at now is, is, you know, some say someone needs some concrete work. They need a driveway. It's cracking. It's spalling. They're they're ready to get some concrete work. What would you, you know, what kind of advice would you share just for anyone? They're in the market for new concrete. What should they be doing, and what should they be thinking about? Call B and W Concrete or Mosby, and yeah, <laughs> give them a bid and get on the schedule. Yeah, no, I I think that's you know totally great. Can you want to give out there one more time? Um, before we're done, how can people find you guys and get a hold of you guys? And, and I ask that because, you know, for me, when I, even when I look at things, I am definitely trying to determine, like, do I have a place here? Is there a need for Mosby? Are there things we're doing with this? You know, if we're building a garage, it's awesome. You know, we need you guys. We've got this whole project going. But if someone's like, yeah, I just need my driver replaced from here to here. There's no drainage. There's no pipes. There's no nothing. I'm like, get with Larry. Here's here's his number. You know, they're going to do the right thing for you just like they do for us. So how can they find you? They can uh, get us on our website, bwconcrete.com, or call the office at 636-458-3500, or call me on my cell phone, 314-584-0324. And back to what you were saying, Rich, there's a lot of times that people need more than just concrete. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's times that they do need a general contractor, and, you know, I've recommended you every time they oh, need it. I, yeah, I love it. I appreciate it. Um, I think me and you make a hell of a team, Mosby and B&W. We, I agree. We make a great team. Um, we do great things. We know what to expect. I do want to kind of let everybody know that. Um, so if you're looking for something bigger like that, if you do have something kind of combined that you uh, might need to get through, you know, you can contact Mosby Building Arts because we'll put that that driveway foundation, all that stuff in there with B&W. So room additions, you know, anything involving concrete. You can give Mosby a call, 314-909-1800. Callmosby.com is our website. Or you can walk into our, our studio. Um, we're at 115 West Argonne Drive, Kirkwood, Missouri, 63122. So it's great having you on. Appreciate it, Larry. And I'll talk to everybody else next week. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. 
even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.